Thought Bubble Audio. Hey, and welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. Uh, the show may be back from its nine-week hiatus, and so are we. But unfortunately, my friend Tim is not yet back from his hiatus. So filling in uh, for our buddy <laughs> Tim is friend of the show, Brent. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm, I'm psyched to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Oh, absolutely. I was I, I truly mean this. I was really happy when when you told me like that you might need help with the week. And I was like, oh, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you were happy to you were around to step up because uh, I've I've been you know, we've never we've never podcasted together, but we've we've swum in the same circles for for quite a while. And I've admired your stuff for a while. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad to have you on the show. So thanks. Thanks so much for joining. Absolutely. I am. I am. It, I, I'm looking forward to to diving a little deeper than I usually go. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why don't you know real quick? Why don't you tell us uh, where people can find you on the internet and some of the stuff that I have I have heard you on because you do talk about DC quite a bit. I, I yes, I do. Um, yeah, I'm I'm one of the hosts of the DC TV Squadcast. We cover all five shows of the DCCW, including Black Lightning, because it's inevitable it'll be part of it. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. or 38. Um, and then I'm also on Fans Without Borders. Uh, and on that, we just talk about Marvel, DC, Star Wars, whatever. You, as you might imagine, we've been talking about Marvel a fair amount lately with the build-up to Infinity War. But uh, I, I can't deny that my heart is with the DCCW. I just love these shows so much. Mm-hmm. And so I'm happily, happily ready to talk even more about it. Well, I'm I'm psyched that you're here, and uh, yeah, let's absolutely let's let's get into it. Let's let's talk about it. Hey, listen, it's been a long hiatus. We cleared out the mailbag a few weeks ago. Uh, if if you missed our mailbag episode, it should be the episode right below this one in your feed. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, so I think we'll we'll forego emails for today. But please, uh, I do want to hear your thoughts, your theories, uh, and everything else you have to say, whether it's about the podcast or or about Supergirl, preferably about Supergirl. Uh, so hit us up at Supergirl TV Talk at gmail.com we want to read your thoughts and your theories and everything else here on the podcast to get those over to us before we get into the recap uh i want to give a quick plug to uh if you want to get a chance to uh hang out with me actually um i'd love to see everybody listening right now if you're going to be at dragon con in atlanta this summer it's uh labor day weekend end of august beginning of september um I'm going to be at Dragon Con, and we are going to be putting on a little event, uh, us at uh, Thump Up Audio, along with our, our friends uh, over at uh, McFly Media Group. They put out all the shows like Starfield's House of L and uh, with Brian Austin Green uh, and Round 3, uh, as well as the, the Goliverse uh, will be there as well. And uh, we are going to be putting on a little event we call Stark Expo. Um, and, uh, it's going to be nice. a, a lot of fun. Yeah. So play, play on Starkville, Starkville House of L. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Brian Austin Green will be there as well as the hosts of all the shows I just mentioned, Derek Russell, uh, Graham Hancock, Steve Glosson. Uh, we got a bunch of people who, who will be coming. Might, might be some other, some other surprise guests as well. You never know, but we will be there. It'll be a night of podcasting for charity, benefiting generosity.org. We'll be doing live 
podcasts uh, and and all all the proceeds you know over and above the costs of the event itself will be going to generosity.org to uh, to fund uh, bringing clean drinking water to those in need um, it's a one night only event it's gonna be a ton of fun uh, I'm I'm really really psyched about it so uh, if you want to uh, learn more uh, tickets are going to be available pretty soon check it out it's darkvillepodcast.com slash expo uh, and you can sign up there. You can see the details, the dates, the times, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be September 1st. Uh, it's a Saturday during Dragon Con. Uh, and it'll be very, very close to the convention. So you won't have to to go very far away from the convention itself to uh, to check it out. But uh, yeah, StarkvillePodcast.com slash expo. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, and you can sign up there for our email list. And you'll, get, uh, you'll be the first to know when tickets go on sale. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a real blast. And I, I hope that you'll be there. I'll, I'll be there. You know, we'll be hanging out uh, and, and podcasting live, doing what we love. All for a good cause. But uh, until then, Brent, I think it's time we uh, I think it's time we head into the recap, don't you? It is finally time for another Supergirl recap. The time has come nine weeks later. And finally, finally, we have. We have new Supergirl to talk about. I've been chomping at the bit. All right. So this is uh, season three, episode 14, shot through the heart, shot like wind shot, <laughs> uh, written by Caitlin Parrish and Derek Simon, who are at this point are, are very, very uh, prolific writers on the show and directed by Glenn Winter, who is a pr- prolific director on the show. Um, so we got an all-star, all-star team, creative team behind the episode. And it starts with a really serious pep talk from Kara to the whole team. And they're all lined up. She's like, we do this for the people. And it's all like, you know, some of you are out of your comfort zone. This is new to some of you, but we do this for the people. And they're at karaoke night. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew there was a karaoke thing coming up. I didn't realize it was this episode. And I'm like, okay, this is not like this isn't a pep talk that she does before they go into battle or whatever. They would never start an episode that way. Mm-hmm. What, what's the catch? Oh, okay. It's Kara's about to sing intergalactic. Right, 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 right. Like, you know, it's going to be a gag and you're like, what is it? What's it going to be? <laughs> oh man. And with it, with a title, like shot through the heart, you know, and doing karaoke, but nobody did that song. I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted. <laughs> Maybe that would have been a little on the nose, a little on the nose. Yeah, <laughs> just maybe. a little too close. Maybe, um, maybe. I, I mean, they could have done it though. They maybe they should have had just Win and his mom doing that at the end. Mm. 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 Would have been a blast. But anyway, this this, this yeah, this is a lot of fun. Anyway, that, that seeing them all just like butcher these songs and like really getting into it. I mean, Kara crushed it, uh, and she was being her like usual adorable self. Um, it was it was. Amazing. I loved it. Loved everything about it. Um, and so they're just hanging at the cantina that apparently doesn't have aliens in it anymore. Um, just just doing their thing. Uh, and the cast legitimately looked like they were having fun. You know, it, it seemed like they were for real just hanging out and, and enjoying themselves doing that and maybe ad-libbing a little bit. I don't know. But it seemed like a ton of fun. Oh, no, it definitely did. Um, I, I liked the reaction, especially Cara's when James started singing. Yeah, that she's was like, so Holy pure. cow, this guy can sing. Um, the thing is, I actually saw McCod Brooks tweet today that, like, apparently, like, his single was going to be on this episode. So I'm like, well, I guess that was probably it. But uh, um, I, guess I, didn't, so. I didn't know the song he was singing. I didn't know at it all, either. But um, I'm like, oh, it, 
something about these CW casts, they can just sing. Yeah, they get these like musical people. <laughs> I mean, we knew that going into this show, right? I mean, it, it was it was we knew that like this was a very musical cast, and we were joking about musical crossover from the very first episode of this podcast, and then we got it. <laughs> yes, which was which was super exciting. But yeah, I mean, um, that th- th- they are they they do somehow manage to get all these like big musical talents and. And it's a waste if you don't if you don't make use of them. So I I love that they've been doing that. I love that John taught his dad, gave him some music to listen to, and even his dad was doing karaoke. <laughs> How amazing was that? So much fun! I was all like, the things you- to do. You're an alien on this planet. You relatively haven't been here that long compared to your lifespan, sure, and sure. you're doing karaoke. <laughs> He's doing karaoke. There he is. That's just that's just how it goes. That is just how it goes. Oh man, too funny! Too funny. He just like learned, picked up the songs like from hanging around his empty apartment, like because he doesn't want to go outside and be exposed to humanity. I guess. <laughs> so he's did, just uh, did, learning Elvis. Did you did you find it a little awkward when Monel and James started started talking basically about girls in general? It it was kind of a a sudden like oh now now these guys hang out and talk about women these both of Kara's exes just hanging out and talking about girls yeah Monel's like you know are you seeing anybody no then how can we check on your phone every fifteen seconds what's going on he's like all right <laughs> yeah. you caught me yeah I'm seeing somebody whatever it's you know we're we're working on it and and they toast to working on it mm-hmm. yeah but it was a little it was a little weird just like these two guys just who don't seem to be friends really um, are suddenly like being best buds. I mean, they, you could argue they were even rivals at least roughly a year ago, you know, in mid-season two. Yeah, absolutely. You could. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And here they are. How far they've come. Uh, you know, who hasn't come very far is Jean uh, with his new apartment with his dad. <laughs> because Alex all like, hey, it's been like three months. Uh, why you haven't had a house for me? Why haven't you invited me over? I want to see it. I want to see it. Invite me over. And he's like, "What? Well, no, we're still we're still putting stuff together." And she's like, "No, it's time for a housewarming." And then his dad, who we affectionately, uh, dear listeners, in case you've forgotten, we call him MJ because he's Myron Jones. Um, MJ says, uh, "No, the the house's temperature is quite comfortable," <laughs> which to me was very like Doc Brown much. Like, there's that word again, heavy. Is there something wrong with the gravitational pull in the future? <laughs> Uh, he, 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 I mean, he was cracking me up. I mean, he nailed karaoke. You know, it takes great courage or great shame, and that, he nailed right. that. One. That is totally true. <laughs> totally, totally true. Um, um, a little pushy on Alex's part, but <laughs> like, she wants a housewarming party, and when they eventually get there, she's the only guest. She's the only one because it was supposed to be her and Kara, but yeah, true, and Kara true. was preoccupied, <laughs> so it's just. And like instead of rescheduling, she's like, "No, I'll come. It's fine." <laughs> Let's still do it tonight. Have tomato pie. Uh, uh, as Kara is helping Wynn pick a song, uh, Monel asks her if if they can talk, but she's like, "Well, yeah, in a second, we're we're going to listen to Wynn sing." As he's uh, getting ready to sing, uh, James calls Lena, and uh, and he's kind of emboldened by his talk with Monel, and he offers to bring her dinner. And I love her voicemail. That's like, "This is the personal phone of Lena Luther. If you have this number, you must be important." Yes, <laughs> like, that is so, it a couple times. That is such a Luther thing to do. I I loved it. I loved it, it is, but it's kind of it's 
charming, you know, and and, and it's the good Luther way of, uh, you know, just she like, pulls oh. it off. She pulls it off. Exactly. Exactly. As Wynne starts to sing my personal karaoke jam, Take On Me by Aha, a TV shows because, uh, you know, you know how you're when you're at the bar and the, the news is on. Yeah, me too. Um, a TV shows the news <laughs> that Wynne's dad has uh, been found dead in prison. Uh, and Wynne is really shaken by this and he, he, he runs outside. Uh, James offers, he's like, I got this. I, I can take care of him. Um, and, you know, he's ta- they just start talking about their feelings in the alley. And he's like, I, I, I should feel upset, but I don't. I'm, I'm, he's just kind of numb. And James offers to stay there with him while he processes it, which is, aw, friendship. See, now that interaction with James, I did not find awkward at all. I'm like, no. the, those two really, I mean, especially last year with the whole Guardian thing, they kind of sort of started almost a bromance thing. They got past their rivalry in season one. So I, I like that James was the one who went out to to be with him in that moment, as opposed to Kara or Monel or one of the others. Yeah, it felt, it actually felt like earned and it felt like, uh, it felt like the right, the right thing for them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, while, well, a- a- right after that, we go to the burial, um, where Wynn has no words to share when, when offered an opportunity, uh, and he's really angry. Like he angrily throws a fistful of dirt at the, at the casket as it's being lowered. Um, and then his mom just appears as he's getting ready to leave and she's so happy to see him and, and he's, not thrilled to see her because apparently she's she wasn't hasn't been there for him the last several years um but she's saying no no you don't understand we're finally safe everything's gonna be okay now um and and before she can really go on and continue to explain uh the casket starts playing pop goes the weasel and then it explodes at at that point i i was wondering like right away i'm like is mary who she claims to be is when's mom Mm. Is she the toy woman? <laughs> like, it just seemed a little too coincidental for me that she showed up and boom and explodes. That's a perfectly solid, perfectly solid theory. My, I mean, my thinking was, oh, he's not really dead. Yeah, I thought of that too, but I felt like I, I, I didn't look up like the cast list or anything like that because I didn't want to know if he was in the episode. Mm-hmm. But I kind of felt like they would have put it in the promo if we were going to see the toy man again. True. True. Um, and yet that was that was I mean, like, I, I, I'll totally grant you that and, and totally agree that they that they totally would have. Um, and yet that was just where my mind, my mind just gravitated uh, towards that. Um, but and and apparently that's what the other characters were thinking, too, because because Kara was even like, are you sure he's really dead? And he says, I mean, I checked his dental records and his fingerprints like that was definitely the guy in the box was my dad. So like the, it, it wasn't him. It must've just been, you know, he's, he's just crazy. He was just crazy and wanted like to have literally the last laugh. Um, so and what did, what did Mary say? Like the, of course the bastard wanted to go out with a bang or whatever. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Just making a great pun, I guess. Right. Right there. Um, I was a little surprised at that reaction from her. It was a great line. I laughed. It's just like, uh, how used to are you to being around explosions and stuff that that's right. your reaction right like if that line had come from when i i i i would have wouldn't have thought twice about it but i'm like from really i mean but of course we don't know her yet but right 
Right. And and honestly, as we got to know her this episode and looking back at that line, it's like, oh, that's very in character for her. Yeah, yeah. Looking at it in hindsight, it worked. I mean, she... I mean, we see her in dangerous situations later where she kept her head, so it, it works. Yeah, and she's very witty as well. I'm, I wrote down a couple of funny things that she said over the course of the episode, but she's a very witty person, and, and uh, I, I liked her character a lot. Um, um, yeah, I was a little struck by her name being Mary because that's her name on The Big Bang Theory. Oh, I like, okay. I was like, I could we not? I, I don't know if Winslow Shot in the comics has a, has a wife um, or a former wife named Mary. So maybe it's comics canon. I, I genuinely don't know the answer to that. But I'm like, ah, if it's not, could we have changed her name? You're throwing me off here. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I do wonder about that. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Um. Uh. But uh, interesting. I don't, I don't remember the Toy Man ever having a wife. To be honest. Oh. Wait, nope, there we go. Yes, he does. Uh, yep, that's exactly what it is. It's from the comics. Uh, shot, uh, yeah, the death of his wife, Mary, in an okay. automobile okay. accident uh, drives him crazy. Then then comics canon, so great. Ah, huh. and then there's another There's another canon. Now I'm like deep in the DC wiki. I'm not going to keep reading this. Uh, I'm going to stop now and be good. But um, <laughs> I can't help it. It's here. He, uh, in another uh, continuity, he made up the story. Ooh, crazy. All right. Interesting. He made it up just to, hmm. to uh, I don't know. She creates her as, a, as an android to act as if she were his wife. Interesting. Well, that's not creepy at all. No, no, not at all. Right, and but but definitely very, uh, very toy man. Very very like okay, you're deranged. That's hmm, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, um, so we, we when we move on from all of that, um, we see uh, yeah. So MJ orders that tomato pie. <laughs> he gets a pizza for for dinner now if you were having a dinner party at home why would you order pizza to your work i'm just i'm just or to where your son works even i was gonna say does he work there yeah he doesn't <laughs> he does nothing he i mean he did make the comment about security you know getting a hold of the delivery guy and he needs 10 10 american dollars or whatever it was to uh to earth leave dollars, a bigger tip <laughs> earth dollars <laughs> Uh, too funny. Yeah, yeah. So if he needs it for the tip because he's like, "Oh yeah, they uh, yeah, that didn't that didn't go too well." So uh, we're just gonna. I just want to give him an extra extra nice tip if that's okay. Um, and uh, and and he does, but but you know, he's like, "Wait a second, Dad. No, we 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 bought we bought food. Remember a little little while ago, and we were gonna cook <laughs> for for Car yeah. and Alex. Remember that." He looks so disappointed. Up. He's like, he no, does. I tomato pie. I have it. Tomato pie, though. Come on. You love tomato pie. Um, and and Jean is somehow oblivious to this. You know, the, uh, let me. The guy who heads up the clandestine government intelligence agency is oblivious to what's going on. And um, <laughs> the telepathic guy. <laughs> right, yeah. Yes. Right. Even more so. And but Alex to be is fair, the only one who, who it, is picking it, up on the I mean, cues. You got to be fair, though. I mean, it's not like it it can be hard to see it in your own family, whereas yeah, someone looking true. from the that's outside true. can see it. And while Alex may consider John family, as they made clear yet, 
you know, MJ and Alex are not family yet. And so, and they made that clear later. And so I kind of, I think I give John a pass on this one. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I, I, I kind of don't only because like, like you said, he's a telepath. So like, like family, family, uh, blind spot or not, I feel like he should be able to see it, but, but you're right. I like, I like your spin on it that, that, Alex being a little bit more of a, I don't want to say casual observer, but since she's outside the family, per se, um, that that gives her the distance uh, to, you know. Okay, then how about this? Do we think that John would read his father's mind without his father's permission? Mm -hmm, Okay, okay, I see what you're saying there. Not only do I think he would not do that, but we get evidence of that later in this episode. Oh, sure. When, when he wants to know what's going on from Alex and she wouldn't tell him. And we got no indication that he read Alex's mind during that scene. So if he's not going to do that to Alex, he's not going to do it to his dad, too. All right. All right. I, you know what? I That's valid. That's valid. I'll, <laughs> I'll buy that. You changed your mind, Brent. Perfect. All right. So, uh, so something seems off there. Monel again. Uh, Again, asks Kara to talk. I mean, he's being very insistent this whole episode. Like, I really need to talk to you. And and they they uh, take uh, a few minutes, and he apologizes for all the lies he told her when they were together. You know, about about not saying that he was the Prince of Daxum and all this stuff. Um, he's he's very very um, appreciate apolog- apologetic, uh, and she appreciates that, and she accepts his apology. He says, you know, Emra lied to me, and it felt pretty crummy. They worked on uh, he, she and Brainiac Five uh, worked on something together and you know, felt pretty bad. Any, anyway, can we get a drink so we can talk about it? And Kara like becomes super awkward. She's like, "All right, see you later, buddy." Buddy, <laughs> <laughs> again, adorable. It. I mean, I get it. Manel, Manel was being kind of awkward about the whole situation, oh, sure. and when when you find out, I mean, you get why and. I mean, if you if you think back to the previous episode, which, again, feels like forever ago, he was kind of fighting a lot with Imra. And, you know, he had even had that, like, heart-to-heart with John about, you know, being married and stuff. And it, it's like, Miles in a very, like, he almost is, like, in a vulnerable state right now because he, he's been lied to in such a huge way that he doesn't... And, and we don't know yet as the viewer, but you can tell it's something big. And it's like, I, I get the awkwardness, and he's retreating back to the person who would always protect him last time he was in this time period. Mm. I mean, it, it makes sense to me that he's going back to Kara like that. Yeah, uh, I, I totally, I totally agree. I totally agree. It does. It does make sense. He knows he can trust her and he's, he's feeling a little lost right now. And, and he's going to like the one person or one of the people that he knows he can trust in this, in this timeline. Who's then who better can he trust than the person that he was so, you know, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say intimate with, but I don't just mean physically intimate. I mean, like emotionally intimate with for for so long. Who does who knows him better? Who does he trust more and care about more than her? So, yeah, it's I I totally buy it. Mm -hmm. Totally buy it. Um, uh, But but totally understand why she feels awkward, because it sounds like he wants to talk about his marriage with her. And if I were her, I'd be like, "Uh, no, thank you, please. I'm fine. That's not. So, um, Mary, so Mary's at the DEO because they were like checking her for injuries right after the explosion. That right. Was my, when, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, they just, Alex was treating her for injuries, which is like, right. I mean, okay, I get it, fine. She's a doctor, they're gonna, it, she's extended family, by, I mean, by extension, and so, it's like, at the same time, do you really bring her to the DEO? I know, you like, just why take not her to a hospital? hospital? <laughs> right, 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 I know. But, anyway, she, she does happen to be there, um, and, and she explains that, you know, Winslow Sr. Um, threatened to kill Wynn. Uh, if she ever went near him and he just says, nah, you're just making excuses. And he tells this heartbreaking story about the night that his dad snapped. And he's like, you know, I was just a little kid in my pajamas and I was waiting for hours at the police station for you to come and you never came and I never saw you again. And to this day, when I lie in bed and I can't sleep, I'm not haunted by my dad snapping. I'm haunted by you. Um, Just just leaving with no leaving. reason at all. Yeah. And so he's like, no more excuses. Like you want to, you want to leave here, leave, just leave, just, just leave again. Um, and it's, it's, that was totally a heartbreaking, heartbreaking scene. Completely. Yes. Completely yes. heartbreaking. Oh, it, uh, I mean, cre- credit to Jeremy Jordan there for the acting. That was phenomenal acting on his part. And this, I mean, you're, you're buying into it. He's telling the story. He's cold. He's in his pajamas. His bare feet are just dangling there. And, you know, eventually someone puts a coat on him and one hour turns into two and turns into overnight. And, oh, it, yes, heartbreaking. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, some of his best some of his best work on, on the show, honestly. Beautiful, beautiful piece of acting and heartbreaking story. Um, as he's telling her to leave, um, <laughs> a bunch of toy flying monkeys invade the DEO and they write in the sky surrender Mary a la Wizard of Oz surrender Dorothy you know that when I first looked at that I thought that was like surrender comma Mary like Mary we're telling oh. you to surrender to us and I, I totally misread it and I'm like oh no they they actually just mean she needs to just stop <laughs> mm-hmm. and as mm-hmm. opposed to give us her and I mean the whole time I'm, try- I'm trying to figure out who's actually behind it I'm trying to figure out do I trust her or not and at one point I flat out didn't trust her and they, mm. uh, eventually we learned why but I just flat out was like no she's evil um, but flying monkeys um, Supergirl and James fighting flying monkeys Looked pretty cool, I thought. It did look really cool. It was such a really cool like team up between the two of them. I mean, I don't know where the rest of the DEO was, but I, I don't James, know, but... who's not an agent, he was all I over. Know. <laughs> and he didn't suit up either. He like sprung right into action. Didn't have time to. Didn't have time to go into his, uh, you know, his his guardian garb. Of course, to be fair, he doesn't exactly carry it since he's only worn it like once this year. That's true. That's very true. Um, I love that moment where Wynn is like, this is my job, mom. <laughs> and that sticks with her for the rest of the episode where she's like, really? Is this happening to you all the time? What's my baby doing? Uh, um, <laughs> meanwhile, at, at dinner, <laughs> Alex is with Jean and MJ and she's like, oh, there was just a small kerfuffle to the EO. Don't worry about it. Car is on it. And they're talking about music. They get into some pretty heavy topics at this dinner where they're talking about how problematic you know, the early days of rock and roll were where people of color weren't weren't treated the same as uh, their white counterparts. You know, there's rock and roll pioneers. And she comments that Jean in particular, Jean has chosen to be a black man in America. And, you know, that's that it calls for a harder existence in and of itself. But he says something really, I think, kind of inspiring where he says, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to change my skin color to feel safe or to feel seen or to feel like I'm not a target. I'd rather change the world. 
Right. Which is right. just so inspiring and so like what a wonderful, wonderful sentiment of, you know, I don't need to change. The world needs to change so that people like me can feel safe. Yeah, which I mean, that's how I took it, too. And then I did have the thought of and we're telling people why he does not shapeshift into someone else, because this is who the actor is. That is also a side benefit of that. Well, even <laughs> more so when a- he said he specifically said, like, well, you know, I kind of had to be Hank Henshaw at first, but but, you know, now I, I like him. Um, which is this, like, I feel like, yeah, that, that more directly speaks to what you're saying of like, that's kind of our in-universe explanation for why he doesn't shapeshift mm-hmm. more. <laughs> but I mean, of course, to be fair, he's, he's built a life as Hank yes. and Jaw, you know, he's running the DEO. It is, he, he, he assumed that his, the position with the DEO, but he's, he's the one who brought it to what he is now. And so I get it. He doesn't want to give up all the work, hard work that he's put into it. Right. Right. Exactly, and and more so, I I think it's that that inspiring idea of you know the world needs to change, not not me. I'm I'm not what's broken. The world's what's broken, and let's fix the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and MJ pledges his support to that, and Alex pledges to be an ally, and they all toast. And it's beautiful, beautiful little moment. And then uh, MJ says, "Oh, you know, let's let's have more." Uh, 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 and John's like wine, <laughs> oh, Dad. So silly with you know, you're still working on your English, but but you're you're still good. And it's Jean is is still missing what's what's right in front of him. And Alex once again notices it, and mm-hmm. you can kind of see her make a mental note to uh, to come back to that. And you know, as as MJ is changing like a record, um, he says how he's really glad to be treated like family. And you know, Alex would be like. His granddaughter, you know, because if, if John's his son and she's kind of like a, a daughter to to John, then he'd sort of be like the granddaughter that he that MJ never had. Uh, and she reminds him that he already had two granddaughters, uh, you know, who are not around anymore. Yeah, they and didn't he's it. he's pretty shaken by that reminder because he's like, oh, crap, I forgot something again. And Alex uses it as an opportunity to talk about her own grandmother and how she, towards the end of her life, started to forget, you know, small things and then big things. And, you know, MJ understands what she's saying, that he's talk- she's talking about him. And he gets really upset really quickly and insists that Jean can't know about this. He's already given up so much. He lost me for so long. He can't lose me again. He can't watch me, like, disappear. Um, and she's saying, but, you know... It- he needs to know like he'll he'll need to help you as it progresses and i i can't lie to him if he asks me about it and he mj just like forbids it and kicks her out like abruptly and she leaves and this night's moment that they were having is just gone like that yep and that's when john walks in and you know, he, he's confused by the whole thing, but again, mm-hmm. he doesn't read anybody's minds. He nope. totally just respects their privacy and he's confused by it. But, you know, actually a sign of maybe watching these shows too much. As soon as he, he forgot about his granddaughters, I was like, ah, imposter. <laughs> I question uh, you right, right now. <laughs> well, that's what I was starting to think, too. Honestly, was like, wait, is this is this not him or is something I, I thought it was more something along the lines of like not not like this was going to be. Uh, a sort of standard, you know, dementia. Uh, when I say standard, I mean something that that we can relate to on a human level. Um, I thought it was going to be something purely alien, like there's some kind of who knows. You know, they, they always had like on Star Trek, they would say like, "Oh yes, it's it's the Vulcan mating ritual or whatever." I thought it'd be something like mm-hmm. that, 
but it's it was something as human as as dementia something that many many people you know have experience with and my own family have experience with it many people do it's something very very human and relatable um and and this is going to be a very interesting story as it progresses uh and definitely a heartbreaking one uh if 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 it continues down this down this path mm-hmm. i think we're going to get some real beautiful if if not terribly sad character moments out of this storyline yeah as long as they don't comic book science it away which i i don't think they're going to i really think they're i i feel like that's not something they would play around with and that they really are going to like go the distance with this story arc i agree with you i feel like that that would be a little insensitive um and that they wouldn't i don't think they would do that on on this show it feels like the same way that um you know, famously in the 40s, they wouldn't have Superman. You know, you'd see Captain America punching Hitler, right? But they didn't have Superman fighting the Nazis or, or, or you know, fighting the, the whoever the, the enemy of, of the U.S. was uh, in war because it wasn't as simple as, like, in real life, you couldn't send Superman over there to take out the Nazis. It was it was soldiers who had to do it. So uh, right, Superman right. mostly stayed stateside and was sort of helping out the war effort from here. Because they were like, well, that would just be too insensitive and too sort of like making making light of what's really serious. And I feel like they would kind of do something similar here, not to compare you know, Nazis to dementia. But you get my point that like the the reality is so harsh that to reduce it to comic booky science would to me seem kind of in poor taste. And I don't think they would do that. I I, I yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. It, no, I I think the the Superman in the forties was an excellent example. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll see where that goes. Maybe maybe they you know if they do choose to go that route, maybe they'll do it in a in a tasteful way. But we shall see. We shall see what happens there. Um, as that um was going on, James is talking to Win. He's he's telling him about. When his father died, how he and his mom grew apart because she had to work so hard to support the kids. And, you know, he really thinks that you should try to, now that you have this chance to have a relationship with your mom, you should try to make it work. You can't change what happened, but, you know, she's here now and you can you can take control of what happens now. And, and Wynn really needs to think about that because he's, he pretty, he pretty harshly disagrees, but he James does seem to get through to him. He does, and I feel like this was another great moment for Win. I mean, the whole episode was full of great Win moments, but you know, he says it's something like, "I didn't get a say in her walking out. I definitely get one when she walks back." Yes, in. that's that's right, that's right. Yeah, and that and, was a that was a good a good line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just a great line. But at the same time, going back to that friendship with James, you can see that James is getting through to him. Yes, yes, yeah. There's there's a level of trust there. They've really you know kind of blossomed into good friends. Um, there's, there's not that mistrust that was there before when, when felt threatened by James because of his, uh, attraction to Kara and, and they've, they've gotten way past that. And now they're just, they're just friends. And he really trusts James as a, as a trusted like advisor. Love seeing that character growth. Love it. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, well, um, Mary's talking to Supergirl and, uh, you know, she says, I really hope that he knows how proud I am of him. And, you know, Supergirl says, well, you know, hopefully one day he'll let you tell him that. Um, he doesn't, oh, I love this. You know, she says he, he, he's so different from his father. I hope his friends all tell him that. And she's, oh yeah, we always do. 
Um, he doesn't always get the credit, but he keeps us going around here. And I love that. I love that. That it's because it's true. Like Wynn does contribute so much to this team and and to the DEO in general, and doesn't usually get explicit credit for it. Um, but but he deserves it because he does kind of come up with these ingenious little, whether they're gadgets or whether it's just like ideas of oh I know how we can beat the bad guy. Um, he he often the idea comes from him and uh, and he really does kind of keep things going around there. Yeah, I mean that happened as recently as the last episode with yeah with uh, purity and her sonic scream or whatever they called it, and he he came up with. I guess the, the fancy earplugs, <laughs> but right. I mean, that's really what they were. Right. Of course, essentially no yeah. mention of the fact that, that, uh, uh, Barry Allen <laughs> did the same thing with Silver sure. Banshee in season one, sure, but still sure. it's like he, it is when who's like, Oh, we, we could do this. <laughs> and right. yeah, I mean, he's I mean, the Cisco it, of the show, right? So yeah, of course I, I thought that was a good moment with Supergirl and Mary. And Again, keeping in the back of the mind that I'm still not fully trusting Mary at this point, when mm. Supergirl tells Mary, you know, the flying monkeys were not your fault, Mary kind of turns and looks at her, and it's like, was she relieved? Or like, you know, oh, thank goodness they don't think it's my fault, or is it like, thank goodness they're not onto me? And I'm still not, like, I'm, I'm apparently very cynical this episode because I'm not trusting anybody, and I'm just like, what is going on with Mary's story? I, I, I like that. I feel, I mean, eventually we get a good answer to that, but... At this mm. point, I'm still just kind of watching her with the leery eye. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I was still sort of wondering what she was, what she was up to. Um, but that's an interesting read on that on that interaction when you're in that you know in that zone, that mental headspace. It's interesting to how you can interpret different scenes differently. Yeah, it's. I mean, I was clearly looking for it, so I was finding what I was looking for. Right. Um, I mean, sure. I'm sure if I were to go back and rewatch it now, I'd be like, okay, she's just relieved they don't think it's her fault. But right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she turns out to be. Uh, there does seem to be more more to her than meets the eye, though, because while Wynn is trying to like, disassemble these monkeys, the flying monkeys, and figure out what's what they're made of and what makes them tick and where they came from, Mary explains that she was once his father's apprentice, and that's that's how they met and. He taught her everything that he knew, um, and you know she kind of gets to work on the monkey. And she tells this story about, and she's like, "Remember when you were a kid and we went to Disneyland?" And he's like, "What? No, we didn't go to Disneyland. We got into a car accident. We never made it there, even because you wanted to leave, like, be there first thing in the morning when they opened." And she tells, like, the truth is, and I, I think if I'm reading this right, it's supposed to be her version of the night that she lost him, um, and it's that. You know, it turns out she she told them they were going to Disneyland, but she really wanted to go to a domestic abuse shelter. And when Wynn Senior found out, he ran them off the road. Wynn got a concussion, and um, that's when he threatened her that he would kill little Wynn if she ever got near him again. Um, and so that's why she left. And I, I and, think and that's he did why. it in a stolen car. He, he did, did it in a stolen right. car so that they would not track it back to him. Right, right. So, I, I, do you think that's that same night when when she left, or or not? It was a little unclear to me whether she's like, no, you remember it this way, but here's what really happened, uh, um, or if this is like a different a different time. Because because if he says, if she's saying that that's when 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 she was threatened that 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 he'd kill Win, it seems like well, wouldn't she leave 
then? I, I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe I might be reading too much into it, but I'm, I'm no, curious I if that's because it seems are. like it has more meaning if that's what happens. They never really connected that connected those dots, and I, it's like if it was the same night that she left, then it's by extension the same night that he, you know, the whole story earlier about sitting With in the, the police, police station waiting on her, yeah. and I feel like he would have mentioned that. You know, I thought I was going to Disneyland, and instead I lost both my parents. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, that's. But if he got a concussion. You know, maybe he doesn't remember it being the same night or something. I don't know. I, I yeah, and he was. I think they said he was nine years old at the time. So I mean, right. It. It. Let, let's let's say it was at the nights were at least very close in the timeline. If not sure, the same. sure. Speaking of timelines, knowing that it was twenty years ago and he was nine years old means that Win is about twenty nine, which is a thing we love to piece together on this show. <laughs> it's like, how old are these people? So there you go. Yeah. I didn't think of that, but yeah, you'd, you'd be right about that. Because we spent so much time in season one trying to figure out how old Kara was, and we finally settled on an answer, which I don't even remember anymore. Um, but we were like, all right, so then that means if you put this together and the the, the, the timeline skews off, you get 1985A, and that means that Kara is 26 or whatever. So there you go. I, probably I just would have told you mid-20s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, mid, we knew Maybe that, upper. <laughs> just obsessive but, details on the show, Brent. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> really? So, break out the timeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Pull out the whiteboard. Let's sketch it out. Let's diagram it. So she says that, you know, her, her husband didn't didn't just suddenly suddenly go crazy. It was more gradual and he was mean and he was kind of always a bad guy and she can't undo these last 20 years, but she can at least try to explain to him, you know, what happened and why. And you can tell that this got through to him and he he believes her and he has a deeper understanding of you know how difficult it was for her at the same time jean you know sees alex and he's like what what happened last night you know what you know what what was that all about and we were having a lovely time and she says you know you have to ask your dad but i i did have a lovely time um which um you know, she's respecting she's respecting MJ's wishes to to not give away his secret, which is admirable. That that after that, even after he was crappy to her, she's she's still respecting that. Yeah, well, I I mean, not just respecting his, but she knows that John needs to hear it from from his dad. Yeah, from it his needs father. to come from yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She she thought earlier that. You know, if she wouldn't be able to lie to him, and she's not. She's just saying, like, I, I, you can't hear this from me. You need to hear it from him. Right, right. Which is a good, respectable middle ground. James calls Lena again. He still gets the voicemail, and now he's getting worried. He says, you know, I called your assistant. They, he said that you haven't checked in in a couple of days. Anyway, just get back to me. So we're 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 furthering that that uh, you know that she's she's still not getting back to him. Mary in disassembling the monkeys uh finds a clue to who built them and she says she's stepping away to rest but instead she steals a gun from again this government agency just has guns lying around where anyone without <laughs> access without like a key card to get into the 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 room can just go in there swipe up uh, a handgun and and leave the building with it and she goes off to the wiggins game company which yeah, I believe I, I, I made that same note. I was like, she she just yeah. took a gun from their armory. Um, really, like it was just nothing. 
nobody has a problem with this. <laughs> it was like she raided the supply closet and stole paper clips. I mean, it was like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, of course, she she does, like you said, go to the Wiggins Game Company, and you can imagine I'm really questioning now what's going on. Um, so I was almost right. relieved when she pulled the gun on this random woman that she finds there. I was like, okay, maybe she really is, you know, a good guy. Thank goodness. Right, right, right. right. Well, I, I, at this point, I'm I'm thinking like, okay, so she's 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 up to something like and when she shows up there i'm like okay what's what's the what's the truth here like now when win is starting to have faith in her we're going to find out that she's you know she's evil (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and that he was right all along to to not trust her which would be heartbreaking was it the same factory from season one when we saw toy man it it looked an awful lot like it i mean maybe it was the same like like location (laughs) or whatever but i wonder is it was it Wiggins well, in season I don't one? I didn't would, have time to go back and look, but I wonder. I don't think it'd be the same look. I mean, I guess it could be the same set pieces, but that would mean they transferred everything to Vancouver. And obviously mm. some stuff would have got transferred You're up right. there. That, but... was, that was before Vancouver, so that doesn't actually make uh-huh. sense. You're right. I totally forgot. Huh. Uh, honestly, I, I, I just took it to be like one of his facilities, maybe. Um, sure. Or we could probably say... Considering they're in Vancouver, it's a different part of the factory. Sure. Let's go with that. Let's go with yeah. that. You know, I totally forgot that. It, I just, I assumed like, oh, I bet they shot this in the same in the same location. But I forgot that that was before <laughs> they moved to Vancouver. I feel like we can safely bet it's not the same yeah. location. No, it can't be. It can't <laughs> be. They didn't nope. go down nope. to L.A. for one scene. <laughs> no way. No way. I, I wasn't even, I, I, I forgot that I kind of erased that piece of history from my brain. I'm a little rusty, guys. It's been nine weeks, so <laughs> forgive forgive me. But she, yeah, like you said, she pulls a gun on this woman who's working on on this creepy doll thing um, in the warehouse, and uh, the woman springs a trap on her, and and now Mary's now Mary's trapped. She sends a a, visit, a video to Win at the DEO and says, you know, come basically come save mom, or 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 I'm going to kill her. So the you team... know she she does she captured Mary there. That's like the most unbelievable part of the episode. She I used know, right? a claw. You know, like one of the claws, like the a claw from Toy Story. Those yes. things never get the thing on the first try. Never. There's no way she actually would have captured her. Not you know what? You're totally. I, <laughs> I call BS. I've I, I may BS. have seen Toy Story a few too many times lately because of my five and two year olds. But still, it's like the claw. I'm like, no, the there's no claw. way it works. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's the age I was when I saw Toy Story for the first time. I was about five or six. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, that's when it came out. But but yeah. Well, it's a big deal in my house right now. So oh, I've seen it a lot as lately. As it should be. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's always a big deal in my house. <sighs> Love that movie. Love those movies. All of them. <laughs> anyway, uh, Supergirl and Monel and James roll out to, to save Mary and Wynn says he's coming with them. Uh, which James isn't thrilled about, but but when still comes, um, so this woman explains that she worked maintenance at the penitentiary where the elder Winslow shot was being held, and she became his apprentice, his protege. So apparently, he has a thing for having apprentices and proteges because Mary was his apprentice too. And uh, she is now executing his final wishes, which included um, making Mary watch as she kills Wynn and then killing Mary herself. 
fun tidbit here. Um, I was curious, like, wait, they never said her name. I noticed that she had a um, name tag that said Jacqueline. And I looked her up, and her, the the character's name is Jacqueline Nimble. Mm-hmm. And it looks like she is a female spin on the character called the jokester who's usually a man and his name is usually Jackie nimble like Jack be nimble Jack be quick so mm-hmm. she's she's the jokester but no I no, no explicit I, reference to it but but there you go a, a, a minor I don't know this sort of, character I don't either it's a it's a minor like earth 3 character um that uh yeah that I I don't know really much of anything about but but there it is, the jokester. That feels like so. it would be one of those, like, a Marvel character that's supposed to be the Joker, but it's not technically the Joker, and so they yeah. can get away with it. I That's so weird. I'm looking it up now. No, I I know nothing about this guy. He is a Batman villain. He, uh, well, well, not Batman, Owlman, because it's Owlman, Earth 3. Yes, Earth 3. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. So that's... That's so weird. I know. Right? Jokester. It, I, I I don't know why, but I'm suddenly reminded of the, the prankster on on The Flash when sure. the young prankster's mom came into town and the two of them were doing stuff. And I, I feel yeah. like, I mean, of course, the prankster and the toy man were always kind of cut from the same cloth anyway, but that is now what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. No, I totally get similar vibes. Absolutely. Yep. It's It's like taking that story and turning it on its head a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're out for all-out war at this point because we have toy planes with real bombs that are that are flying all around them. These like power wheel size Hummers with a flamethrower. Um, I love a wind's like they're literal Hot Wheels. And they had a yeah because he's yelling, you know, there's something on our twelve, and he's like, no, that's our six. <laughs> um, did you notice James did bust out his guardian shield during this? He did. It's just the shield. I'm like, where's the, come on, man, just either be Guardian or don't be Guardian, you know? I mean, we've seen James using the shield as James more this year than we've seen him as Guardian. Yeah, they're really hedging on that, I I feel like. (laughs) They're sort of like, eh, maybe this wasn't our best idea, I don't know. I mean, I I, kind of just wish they would commit to it. Either either direction, just commit one way or the other so we can move forward. I would rather they commit to something that I'm not crazy about because at least that would be committing rather than sort of that that mushy middle of like, well, you know, whatever. It's he's kind of guard. He's got the shield. What did uh anyway. what what do you think about the T-Rex that uh Supergirl oh and Manoa were fighting? I, I speaking of Toy Story, it reminded me of Rex. Um <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, Manel tries to save Supergirl cuz she gets stuck in this like action figure, you know, card and bubble packaging, like vintage Supergirl uh, toy packaging. Yeah, that I was surprised they didn't put like the old... or something because it, it she can't break out of it and her heat vision doesn't work. Like it's 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 impervious to her powers and she starts to suffocate. I was surprised they didn't put like the Super Friends logo on it, mm, like from the old mm. Superpower Superpowers toys from like the 80s. I was yes. like that would have been such a like great Easter egg if they had done that, but Ah, but still, I mean, it's still funny to see her that way. But 
I mean, the T-Rex. <laughs> I'm like, this episode had flying monkeys and a T-Rex. What more do I need? I, I don't. I, know, I don't. Really. I'm good. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I know. Oh, man. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, Armin VFX really uh, had to go all out for this one. <laughs> there was a lot going on. Um, and, and but but yeah, Monel does a really cool job. Uh, to your point of of he leads the the T Rex in like a chase around the warehouse, and he kind of tricks the T Rex into knocking over Supergirl with his tail, and she falls out of the you know it breaks the it breaks the packaging, and she's free. She can she can breathe again. Um, but then he finds a cape randomly. Um. Well, didn't like he say it was table? like a magic cape or something like that? So, like from a magician set, I guess so. Yeah, because he he finds it, he uses it uh, to take down the T Rex, and he goes cloth magic. Yes, he's. I mean, it, it was it was really cool the way he did it. Uh, Super I didn't cool. necessarily know why he couldn't just grab the thing's tail himself and do it. Yeah, but I don't know. Visually, it was awesome. It was really cool visually. It was it was actually it's a really cool fight scene in general. Like it had some really fun like just our heroes being chased around and fighting and it was it was like a good action sequence. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Real good act 4. Um at this point uh, Win is uh able to come in to his mom and he's like, "Mom, I'm here to rescue you." And she's like, "Don't you Luke Skywalker me. This woman's trying to kill you." <laughs> Uh, which again, like I love Mary's, like she's very witty and very clever and very funny. Don't you, Luke Skywalker? <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah, I, that one, that one threw me. I was not expecting that line at all from her. Yeah. It's like yeah. clearly thinking back to the earlier at the at the grave and the bombing. She she's been through some stuff. <laughs> yep, and she she's not easily phased, and that's right. It was awesome, and I liked how he he saved her, but she kind of turned around and helped save him at the same time, and it, it felt like a cool bonding moment for for them at that time. Totally, totally, yeah. It was it was a good moment for them. Jackie comes after Win with this like weaponized yo yo, but but pretty quickly he and Mary team up to to, to take her down. Uh, he does kind of slice open his hand, and she's all like, oh, no, you're going to get infected. When was your last tetanus shot? And he's like, Mom, <laughs> recently, I'm very cautious. <laughs> Which, I love that little moment, because it shows how much alike they are. You know, up until now, it's been about how, how what they don't have in common, and, and, and certainly she was saying to Supergirl how much he doesn't have in common with his father. But this is a nice little moment showing, like, oh, yeah, no, they're related. Classic, yeah, it, classic. It, it, I mean, it just goes right back to that. She she worries about the weirdest things, you know. Yep. T-Rexes and the monkeys, no big deal. But, ah, you cut your hand. Oh, no. Let's go get some first aid on that. Um, right. But right, I did right. think it was cool that, I mean, she she's strangling, uh, Jackie, Jacqueline is strangling Wynn with that yo-yo, and he knew that it had razors in it and he could pop them out. Like, he knew mm-hmm. how to do it. To mm-hmm. cut, and I was like, that. I mean, even though it cut his hand, I thought that was a pretty cool moment. I thought, totally, yeah. It was, it was very, you know, that that ingenuity, that that shot ingenuity of like, wait a second, I know how I can get out of this problem. Mischief managed. Mischief managed. <laughs> so back at Cantina Karaoke, uh, Monel is murdering Kansas. I loved, I love. It. <laughs> 
at the end of the song, he's like, sorry, sorry, everybody, sorry. I'm, he's I'm apologizing sorry. for it, yeah. Which is what, like what, all of us at karaoke. What was it? Wynn called it like white boy rock or something like that? White boy, Yeah, white boy rock, I think, yeah. <laughs> truth. There is truth. Uh, Mary finally gets to tell Wynn how proud she is. And now she wants to leave. She's ready to leave. And she's like, you don't need me. It's fine. But he says, no, I don't need you. But I, I want to get to know you. I want you to stay. Um, and he kind of peer pressures her into doing karaoke with him. <laughs> um, and they finally they finally do uh, take on me. Um, yeah, I was glad but, they went back there because, you know, we didn't get to hear Wynn sing earlier. Sure. Right. Right. And right. Absolutely. I, I, I actually I saw. Uh, that he tweeted that that was actually his idea to tease the audience with that. And That's I was fun. like, well, it it's cool to use your idea, but I wanted to hear you sing. So I'm just glad they followed up with it because I know what I know. an incredible singer he is. I know during the during the episode, I was really bummed that uh, that like we got cheated out of, you know, it seemed like we were getting cheating out, cheated out of getting to hear Jeremy Jordan sing, you know, and, and actually, and I had also seen somebody else tweet like, oh, man, we didn't get to see Chris Wood uh, sing either. And. Well, we got both. One was one was better than the other. I'll let you. I'll let you. Uh, mm. you know, let the audience mm-hmm. decide what you like. Better. <laughs> but I was. I was glad. And our buddy Palmer uh, over on the Academy Rewind Twitter was like live tweeting along with us and was like, "Ah, oh, man, I'm really bummed we didn't get to hear uh, Win sing." And so then we were we were both pretty happy when uh, it finally we we did get <laughs> we did get that. Um. So everybody everybody wins that way. Everybody wins. Monel um is uh fine like he's he's like okay finally I got to talk to Kara um and he he pulls her aside and you know he's like I I, I do want to tell you what you know what I wanted to tell you before um and she's I I, I was very like proud of Kara's growth in this moment because yes. normally she she's not very good at standing up for herself in moments like this she's great at it as Supergirl but in in her personal relationships, she often sort of is shy and meek and doesn't want to offend and just wants to be liked or whatever. But here she's like, you know what? Um, listen, it would be awkward. You know, there's I don't think your wife would like it. And frankly, I wouldn't be crazy about it either. Like she's being pretty honest about her feelings. Um, in the past, when she's been honest with Monel about this kind of stuff, it's like the anger flares up and she she unloads. But here she was being very just. Dis- honest about her feelings and in a way that is totally respectable and and she just says like so that's that you know we're just not going to talk about this and she's like firm but fair and he says like oh i i understand but i actually didn't want to talk about my feelings um i i have you know what what's going on here directly affects you and he explains that the legion didn't land by accident it was actually imra and brainy brainiac five um, did it on purpose. Um, Pestilence is the third world killer who she hasn't found yet, and, and in a thousand years, Pestilence evolves into Blight, who is who? a a legion, a legion, just a legion major villain, villain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I haven't read a ton of the Legion of Superheroes, but uh, I knew the name Blight as related to them. Um, mm-hmm. I. I was a little surprised at the implications of that because that, to me, that implies that the timeline that the Legion comes from, Supergirl didn't win. Or why would these world, any of the world killers have survived to be around a thousand yeah, years? Yeah, 
Yeah, it does make you wonder how exactly that happens. Um, and what, you know, what, how badly did she fail? Like, was it an epic failure? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I guess it, it depends on, it depends on a couple of, a couple of things. It, it, it could be something as, as like, as simple as she just failed at, at stopping this one threat, but like, did, did it mean that like, did, did national city get destroyed? Uh, did she get destroyed? Um, it, back in the episode Legion of superheroes, um, blight is mentioned as causing an extension extinction level event. Um, and, and they say like, Oh, that's how we got stranded here in the 21st that, century. Cause isn't that extinction level event? What messed with their, their history, which is why they don't know everything that happens. That's what that's what Imra and Brainiac were saying at the time, but now it sounds like they uh, knew more than they were letting on. Yeah, they uh. deliberately like they they found out like okay, well this is where blight comes from, so we're going back to to stop it. Um, so it's hard to know exactly what how much of that was truth and how much wasn't. But but there definitely was some some deception and some subterfuge going on there. So he's feeling pretty pretty betrayed by that that his best friend and his wife um, were keeping a big secret. Um, but you know, kind of moreover, I love this sort of Terminator plot of we have to go back in time to save the future. Yeah, it's good, and I mean, I see it from their side. They were keeping it from him because they didn't think he'd come back to that time otherwise. Right, and they need right. they. I mean, they presumably know that his power is going to be needed because yes, he. I mean, he is still probably the most powerful of them all because he's got near Kryptonian level powers, and right, it, it makes sense to me. I mean, it does, it but does. I, I get it why does. he feels upset. I kind of wish we had seen seen Brainy to be there as part of that revelation to the audience because I feel like. I do too. Just the way that he delivers lines and the way that he interacts with the others, I, I feel like it would have been funny. In all honesty, which maybe they didn't want yeah. it to be funny, so that's why they didn't use Brainy. But I mean, aside from the fact that I, I've liked this interpretation of Brainy that they've used, even though it doesn't look exactly like he does from the comics, I, I would have liked to have seen him been a part of that conversation. Me too. It felt a little strange to have it just be sort of relayed third party by by Monel. Um but I'm sure there's a good reason for it. I'm sure there's, I'm sure they needed to do it that way to set it up because they, you know, they only have these actors for so many episodes out of the season and they wanted to use, you know, maximize their time um, in, a, in a different way. You know, I mean, Imra and, and Brainiac they only have them for so many episodes yeah. out of the season. So, uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's why, I don't know. Um, it did seem a little odd to me that it was like, here's just a pure exposition conversation where we're going to let you know this major, major plot point in a kind of almost casual way at the end of an episode. But, uh, but there it is. And hopefully we get better, you know, a better Legion story because of it. And if the trailer for next week's any indication, then, then I think we do, but, but yeah, um, it, I agree. It did seem a little, a little odd that they did it that way. And I, I do wish we'd gotten Brainiac giving part of that exposition. So this is around when uh, MJ walks, or not MJ, when John walks in right after talking with MJ. Yeah, he he does talk to MJ, and you know he makes him like ghost pepper mac and cheese, which sounds amazing, by the way. 
Um, <laughs> and MJ kind of breaks down and says, you know, he starts telling the secret. And and yes, then John walks into the club and he embraces Alex. He kind of understands why she left the way she left. And um, they have a tender moment. And right at that moment, Lena finally calls James back. And she's like, oh, no, it's all okay. You know, me and Sam have just been here in a conference room hashing things out. You know, we're acting like it's a startup and we just been here for a few days and we lost track of time. And but it's just really everything's everything's like, we're all fine here. How are you? Um, and we see that she's keeping Sam in like a hospital bed in what looks like some kind of a lab facility. Um, and but she says everything's fine. But when a Luther says everything's fine and they're keeping somebody in a hospital bed, I'm not sure everything's actually so fine. Not just in the hospital bed, but like in a cage inside a lab. Right. And like like she was quarantined. But we know she wasn't quarantined because Lena was standing right next to her. But Right. It, and so I, I'm like, is it actually a cage at this point? Because if it was, why would Lena go in there? It, I, I don't know. It. I was glad to see what Lena was up to because you could tell the way they kept focusing on James going back trying to call her that she was doing something. And the last we'd seen her of her was her telling Sam, "Oh, I know what's wrong with you," and that's mm-hmm. it. It's like, "What? No, give me more." Um, now I can. Did you watch the trailer listen. for next week? I did. I did. Okay. All right. We can get into that in a minute then, because I, I have some thoughts yeah. um, that I'll, I'm interested in. But this was that was a good way to end this episode and kind of get us back on track, get us back into the sort of the big bad plot and and presumably the the legion stuff too is a good way to this was a nice diversion from that it's nice once in a while to have a villain that you know while while jackie wasn't like the most compelling villain in and of herself she was more an extension of she didn't have to be toy man yeah she didn't have to be it i mean the the story was about win and mary it she was like the Jacqueline was like the definition of just a plot device. It didn't matter who the villain was. The villain was not the point of this episode. It was all about when reconciling with his bomb. Mm-hmm. And from that standpoint, and it feels like we haven't had a good win episode in quite a while. It, I, I think it was nice. And of course it looks like based on the end that they're jumping right back into the overall larger narrative of the season by jumping back into talking with Sam and Lena. And so I think it was, I thought it was, I mean, if not my favorite episode of the season, I thought it was, a pretty strong episode for coming back out of this break. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It was a strong, strong return. It was fun. Um, and it had a lot of heart. It was, it tackled some important issues, um, like abuse and race and, uh, you know, d- disease. I mean, it, it, it covered all sorts of things. And, um, it kind of encapsulates well what the show does so well, like all those emotional beats, but also social issues um, mm-hmm. and and just real things that affect real people. Um, it was a very well done episode, and it, and it had a lot of fun to to go along with it. And and now we're gonna get back into the larger overarching season plot. It looks like next week, and I'm I'm all ready for it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Cool. Well, let's get into the trailer in, in a minute here. But in case anybody doesn't want to hear, you know, spoilers, speculation, we can we can wrap things up real quick. First of all, Brent, why don't you tell us again where we can find you on the internet? 
Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at Brintac Prime, and then again, the shows I work with are DC TV Squadcast and Fans Without Borders. You can find both of those if you just, if you go to uh, SquadcastMedia.com or SuicideSquadcast.com. That'll get you there. You'll find all of it with links to um, to subscribe and things like that. So, um, definitely, again, Twitter Brintac Prime. You know, let me know what you thought of this episode. You know, I would like to hear from the Supergirl TV Talk listeners to know what they thought of this episode. For sure, yeah. Tweet it, tweet it, Brent. Tweet at us uh, also at TV Supergirl. Tell us both uh, uh, what you thought of the episode. Definitely want to hear from all of you. And you can shoot us an email. Like I said, we'd love to read them on the show. Uh, SupergirlTVTalk at gmail.com. Um, and find us on uh, Instagram now, actually. We're at SupergirlTVTalk. We just uh, just opened up Instagram and excited to interact with people there as well. So follow us there. Uh, we'll be posting some fun stuff. Uh, on on there uh, I, itunes reviews are always super important to us we are so grateful to all of you who have left us itunes reviews and we hope you'll continue to do that uh because uh that's one of the great ways that this show continues to be found by folks on itunes and 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 we're really grateful for all to all of you who have done that so please please leave us reviews there on apple Podcasts. you can find us anywhere podcasts are found at this point uh so check us out uh supergirltvtalk.com as well, and don't forget thoughtbubbleaudio.com to find all the shows that we put out there, including shows like Beer with Geeks. Uh, Starkville's House of El Krypton has been a blast. Derek and I are now almost halfway through, almost halfway through the first, first season of Krypton, and it's been such a wild ride, such a fun ride, great, great show, um, and it's been a, a, a thrill to to be putting on that podcast with Derek each and every week, bringing it to you. We've had some, we've had some, uh, some fun guest stars step in if you're a fan of the starkville shows of, of shoe and those uh those shows there there have been some fun some fun guest stars uh uh in recent recent weeks but all that stuff is available at thoughtbubbleaudio.com uh and uh too many shows to name now so i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna bother but but shoe shoe krypton has been a a real fun a real fun ride okay all right, let's get into this. Let's get into this trailer. So we saw some some real interesting stuff. A, a few things that I took note of, and and please tell me if you saw anything else. So we see Monel talking about pestilence and plagues and how it's real, like Old Testament level stuff. Um, Sam does not look to be a willing participant in this experiment that's happening. No, Lena. and and this is where I'm like, why was Lena inside of it? Because they clearly are trying to keep her quarantined away and whatever cage she's in was standing up to her heat vision blast right i noticed that she watches herself on a security video trying to blast her way out so presumably she like turned into rain and used her powers so she doesn't remember it but they play back the video for her but you, you know what the most important part of the trailer was though right uh, was it the suit? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Monel wearing his like comics accurate suit, um, which I love. Has like uh, uh, the shape of like the House of L S symbol yes. on his chest, like the the shape of the shield uh, there, without without the S on it, but just like the outline of it, uh, which I thought was super super cool. I geeked out at that one. The production photos came out a couple weeks ago. Well, it's kind of a nice, that. nice uh, merging of a couple interpretations of Monel from the comics because I remember it in the the Connell Connor Kent Superboy run. Uh, yes. there was 
a Mono and that though he went by the name Valor, and but he had like this mm-hmm. same red costume. And then when yes, Mono was the hero of Metropolis shortly before the New Fifty Two, he had a red costume again. This one had the S shield on it up in the corner, and I felt like this was a good merging of those two. Yeah, it it is, it is. Yeah, I remember the Valor, the Valor costume well, and yes, it's a nice, it is a nice blend of the two, which is what what they've been doing on this show. You know, like they they take like all right, this is a little bit uh, Man of Steel and a little bit. Uh, you know, Jeff Johns, and we're just going to put them together and kind of make this new amalgamation of, of the two. It's what they do so well. I've been waiting to see this costume since he was on the show last year. And same, dude, same. So excited to see that. I think it's a nice touch that the way the cape is on it, I, I've looked at this costume a lot, the way the cape is on it is a lot like the Tyler Hecklin Superman suit. It is, over the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, which is how the Monel costume was before new 52 like it had the the big like button things on his shoulders that the cape came into yep um so it's very 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 comics accurate very yeah i'm excited to love it to see it <laughs> beyond the yeah two or three stills they've released that i've looked at for probably far too long i i've been studying them very closely yes yes but Sam and MJ both have like red eyes, and there's talk of pestilence and the plague, and the, so that it can affect affect anyone. And then we see Kara fighting with Monel in his suit, um, and then she says like, "What did I just do?" So it seems like there might be some kind of virus or plague or something that's coming as a as a result of pestilence, the the third world killer um, that Monel foretold. So we're seeing our, I'm guessing we're seeing our first face off with Pestilence who will eventually become Blight. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I thought. But I mean, they're more than halfway through the season. They kind of got to get to introducing the rest of them quickly. I mean, we spent a lot of time with Rain, but it makes sense that they would move faster through Purity and Pestilence. Right, right, right. It does, yeah. It does make me wonder, we debated tim and i debated um at the the cliffhanger nine weeks ago you know does lena really know she thinks she knows what uh what's going on with sam does she really know this makes you think she has a pretty decent idea she's got her locked up in 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 a a cage that can withstand her powers makes you think yeah she's got a decent idea what's going on maybe you know does she know she's rain quite possibly Uh, she i think she'll put it together especially after seeing the video of her using the heat vision i mean If if Lena did not know at the start of next week's episode, I think she's going to know by the end of it. Um, I mean, she can't just think she's just a metahuman, right? Like, she's got Right. And I guess the real question is, if Lena thinks that, is she going to tell Kara and or Supergirl? Yes. And I I think the answer is that she will not tell Kara. um, At least not yet. Um, I I don't feel like Kara's going to know who Sam is. The Sam and Rain are one and the same this early still. I, I mean, we're getting close to the end, but I feel like at the same time, it's not quite time yet for that reveal to happen. At least not to Kara. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of on board with the idea of Lena knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I I agree. Yeah, I'm on board with Lena knowing. I do wonder. I've been I've been going back and forth on this. I I'll pose the question to you. Do you think that? Do you think that Lena knows? that uh car is supergirl i'm at the point where i wouldn't be surprised um i mean you know they they often kind of go to like commissioner gordon really knows who batman is and perry white really knows who superman is and i kind of feel like that's the point where lena's at it's like she's too smart not to know 
but mm-hmm. is the show ready to open up that can of worms? Right. And I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I do think that by the end of the season that Lena will probably know. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'd buy that. I'd buy that. I, I, I've been on the fence. I'm, I think I'm back in the camp. I, for a while, I thought she did know. I'm back in the camp of, I don't think she does, but I think I agree with you that she will very soon. And it's a matter of, will she, how will she handle it? I, I wouldn't be surprised if she finds out, but doesn't tell Kara for a long time that she knows. And, I feel and, like Lena's reaction to knowing will be very telling of, is she really like a Luther like Lex is? Or, you know, because fans like to debate, is she going to go bad? Are we looking at another Smallville thing of Clark and Lex where they started off as friends before they became mortal enemies? And right. the debate's happening with Lena and Supergirl. And it's like the reaction to finding out the truth about who Kara is, I feel will be very telling to which way they're going with that. Absolutely. I, I've I've got to agree. I've got to agree. It's a lot hinges on that, and it will be very telling. Cool. Well, I think that I think that pretty much wraps it up. Any final thoughts on the trailer or anything else? Um, no, no. I feel pretty good. Uh, like we covered it. Um, just want to say thank you again for inviting me on. I I had a blast doing this. Dude, it was a blast having you. Thank you so much for for joining. Uh, you're you're more than welcome back. We'd love to. Love to have you back. Maybe we could have some kind of a round table at some point uh, uh, with a, a bunch a bunch of friends, and and you'd certainly be be part of that for sure. And and you're welcome back anytime you wanna you wanna geek out about Supergirl or uh, or anything oh, yeah. else. Really, that would be awesome. I love that. Awesome. Idea. Well, thanks so much for for joining, and thanks everybody for listening. So until next time, up up, up and, and away. away.